Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your grace. Lord, right now, I just want to hit pause on the things racing through my mind and heart and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. As I open my mouth, as we enter into looking at your word, um, God, I believe that you're, you're keeping us here for a reason. Uh, I believe there's some folks in the house that have maybe begun uh, to journey down this pathway of forgiveness, but need a little bit more time to process and need to hear it again. And, and Lord, I just believe that you're going to do something inside us that is going to bear fruit, life-giving fruit in our lives and in our relationships. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for the ultimate forgiveness that you have given us, that we can be reconciled with you and have relationship forevermore. We give you glory and honor today. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, as we dive right back into it, I've got a little bit of content that I'm going to go a little bit deeper that we surface level touched last week, but I'm also going to add some new things as we're really talking about how God has, has desired for us not only to walk in healthy forgivenesses and, and healthy relationships, but one of the main things that really earmarks if we're going to have that in our lives is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, forgiveness. Now, I mentioned in week one, if you missed it, you can go back and catch the podcast, that, that there's really not a lot of folks that have never had to deal with forgiveness, either on the giving end or receiving end. And I did mention except for my wife, right? Because she's the only one who's married anyone perfect, right, Meshach? No, absolutely not. Matter of fact, so this is something we all interact with. This is something we get hurt, we hurt others. We have an opportunity to either harbor forgiveness in our hearts, I mean, I'm sorry, harbor, harbor bitterness in our hearts. And, and see how it can just infiltrate every area of our lives, or we can decide that we're going to forgive re- whether that person changes or not. And so what I really want us to, to build on is this idea is that what Christ did for us, he now also wants to do in us, and he also wants to offer it through us. I don't need a show of hands of how many of you have been hurt in the church, of how many have been hurt in family, of how many have been hurt in your marriages, at work, in relationships. I know our hands are going to go up, right? I get it. This is the life we live. This is the world we live in. But God's wanting to do something in us that the things that have happened to us and maybe even through us where there's been hurt and pain don't have to determine the outcome for our future. They don't have to dictate where God takes us and how far we go. But if we walk in forgiveness, what he wants to do for us, he'll do in us and even offer it through us. And this may be one of the most powerful things that we ever do in imitating Christ. What do I mean by that? Here's what Paul would write to the Ephesians. He would say in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate. In other, uh, in other uh, books that he would write, that Paul would write to the Colossians, he would say, put on, robe yourself with these things, with kindness and compassion, forgiving each other just as who? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. So the, the whole litmus test, the comparison model here isn't forgive as if, you're, if your neighbor really forgives you, but it's as God has forgiven us in Christ. And so our, our comparison model here isn't against those that we're living on earth with, but the one that we're relating to in heaven. And it changes the game for us of how we can walk in freedom and, and give forgiveness. And in Colossians 3, I'm just going to recap this real quick and then we're going to move forward. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord 
forgave you. And I don't know about you, but many of us, we, we kind of check out what the benefits are. Before I buy something, I want to see how it's going to pay off for me in my life. How is it going to make things better for me? How is the new iPhone 11 really going to make anything better than the iPhone 10? How many cameras does it really have? You know, if, if I'm going to buy anything, especially if I'm going to buy it and add a warranty, right? I need to know how is this thing really going to make things better for my life? And I think it's the same, the same thing when we approach things in God, when we approach things regarding our spiritual growth and the freedom that Christ wants for us. We begin to look at, well, how is forgiveness really going to benefit me, Michael? What's it really, what's in it for me? What's it going to do for me? And I'm glad you asked. Shada, thank you for asking. And and here are some of the benefits that we're going to talk about today. The first one is the benefit of forgiveness allows us to overcome bitterness, to overcome bitterness. It's not letting me change that. So you may have to go ahead and go to the next one. Forgiveness will allow us to overcome bitterness. What do I mean by that? We all have a reason to carry around offense. And we can remain bitter about one thing or another. But the greatest difference for those who go further in their spiritual maturity is this thing right here that we're talking about today, forgiveness. I am convinced that most folks that are stunted in their growth, if you get to the root of some of the things they're dealing with, somewhere they were hurt. Somewhere they chose not to forgive. Somewhere bitterness robbed them of the purpose that God had for them. I am convinced of that, that if we want to give up the spoils of what God has for us in in his promised land spiritually, then then hold on to some unforgiveness. If you want to give up what God has for your future, then, then stay mad at that person. Even if they were your dad, even if they were in the church and, and maybe even stood up and held a microphone or had one strapped to their ear. We could say that I have a reason to be justified in my hate and my bitterness and my unforgiveness, but it will not rob that person you're angry at. It will only rob you. It will only affect you. And and if we begin to walk in forgiveness, we begin to see that it will help us overcome some of this bitterness. And many of us, we're experiencing what we experience. And and I just mentioned is that when we are walking in unforgiveness, Maurice, guess what? That other person more than likely doesn't even know how hurt you are. They've moved on. How many of you have seen one person in in a relationship? Man, there was uh, there was maybe an affair. There was there was something major that happened, and and one left and, and and has moved on, and the other one is stuck is stuck because of some unforgiveness. Now, that's a major thing to work through. In a church, the same thing. We're gonna, we will get hurt in, in churches and in relationships with, with parents, with siblings, whatever it may be. At work, we didn't get the promotion that we were due. Man, we, we were next in line and we got skipped over. Are you kidding me? And we begin to have resentment and affects the way that we live, how we work. Everything that we do now is based out of this bitterness instead of, a well full of life. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. And I believe that God has something better for all of us in our relationships. And I believe that that forgiveness is going to help us move out as that next benefit, move out of some of this pain. You know, I love what Martin Luther King says. He says, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. That's really good. Wish I had said that first. But he says, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's not something we just do every now and then. It is a constant attitude. 
How many of you know that that kind of approach to life is what's going to help things just kind of roll off your back versus taking offense at every little thing? If we can walk in, in, a, in an attitude, a mindset, right? It's an attitude of, of saying, I'm going to forgive. I'm not looking for a reason to have offense, but instead I'm going to look for ways to walk in harmony and peace with others. Even when it doesn't always look justified or I'm not going to be the doormat. I'm not, this isn't weakness. No, this is, I'm clothing myself with a towel to serve others. And guess what? I'm not looking for anyone to owe me. And I'm not looking to get even because I'm trusting someone so much bigger than myself. I'm trusting someone who can take my hurts, my pains, and allow the healing to happen. That guess what? My hatred and my anger and my bitterness are never going to help me find. You know, I want to. Um, I was I was in high school. I think it was my sophomore or junior year. My family had just started a, a fast together, and I, I know we were pretty early on, probably in week one of this uh, extended fast. And um, I was keeping a journal at the time, and I remember exactly where I was in my parents' house, um, in my bedroom before school, and the Lord began to put someone on my on my heart, and I, so I wrote it down in my journal, and, and I went on, and and it happened the next morning, and the next morning. And I knew that I needed to go back and, and try to find my fourth grade teacher, Miss Uriga. Miss Uriga taught at Berean. She was uh, my fourth grade teacher. And she wasn't a young teacher. I had already had her daughter in first grade. And I was in class with her grandson, Ryan, which probably should have made my behavior a little more embarrassing, but it didn't. And I was kind of like, I was one of those elementary school hellions just looking to kind of, you know, raise a big fuss as a class clown and, and hopefully get the approval of all my classmates and, and look like I'm adding value, right? And, and I'm wanted and, and desired, right? And so here I was in my insecurities, really just acting up and kind of the ringleader of this whole group. But I made her fourth grade year with our class, which should have been enjoyable with her grandson in there, just absolutely miserable, absolutely miserable. And I helped others make it miserable for her. But the Lord, here it is, six, seven years later, as I'm beginning to say, God, I want more of you. I want to move forward. He's taken me to a place where I, I need to go back and ask for some forgiveness. If I want to move forward, he's saying, you need to go back and you need to make some things right. And I'm like, that was in fourth grade. What's the big deal? Don't all kids in fourth grade do that? But he was saying, no, for you, I need you just to be obedient. I need you to be obedient. And sometimes obedience is what he's looking for when we're trying to reconcile and forgive and walk in forgiveness. I can't always tell you that the outcomes are going to be glamorous. For, for me and Miss Uriga, she, she forgave me. She didn't have, I remember calling her from that same bedroom, Meshach, and talking with her and explaining what I just felt like. I am so sorry. I made that year miserable for you. Would you forgive? I mean, she absolutely did. And I don't know what your process of walking in obedience and forgiveness will be for you. I can't guarantee that the other person on the other end is going to be ready to forgive. I can't even guarantee you that they're going to even acknowledge that there was something wrong that was done. But what I can tell you is that when you walk in obedience and forgiveness, you will begin to walk in a freedom that you've never experienced before. You will be, begin to not have roots that are deep in bitterness, but are in the wells of living water that Christ has for you. It will change everything. And again, I love what Martin Luther King says here. Forgiveness is not that occasional act. It is a constant attitude. And when we take up uh, this, this attitude of constantly forgiving, guess what? 
we will begin to see that it's increasing our capacity to love and to even make reconciliation possible. And I mentioned this last week, but as we begin to work out and we begin to build up some muscles, it allows us to do more than we ever thought we'd be able to do. And the same thing with forgiveness, when it becomes a natural response to us in our relationships, especially when offense is possible and hurt is on the hills of that, we'll be able to increase our capacity to love to love those that we're in close relationship with. Maybe not that person that hurt us again. It, it depends how that, that walks out. But it allows us to be able to trust again. It allows us to be able to find healing and, and even to forgive ourselves. Even to forgive ourselves. And so I want us to look at today, how do we ask for and walk in forgiveness? How do we ask for and walk in forgiveness? And for me, there are two different sizes of, of, of hurts, so to speak, that I want to address. You know, there are some minor offenses and there are some major offenses. There are some wounds that are, that are kind of shallow and surface that need to be addressed, but we can address them a little bit quicker. We can move on. Um, they don't take as long to process. But then there's some major offenses that are deeper wounds that are going to take some time. And I want us to, to have some freedom and some tools to know how to walk through forgiveness and to even ask for and to give forgiveness. And so when these minor, uh, these minor um, grievances, so to speak, these minor hurts, they're, they're less serious mistakes and offenses. They're, they're the things that you deal with on everyday basis. They're the things that, that Candy has to forgive for me on an almost daily basis, all right? There, there are sometimes differences. There's sometimes preferences. There's sometimes there are, there are words that are spoken. There are reactions that we give to our kids versus slowing down. It's, it's the things that we have to constantly say, okay, you know what? What I just did, I shouldn't have. I need, to, I need to own it. I need to ask for forgiveness. But these are things that we can forgive quickly. The things that we walk through daily, we should be able to move through a little bit faster. We can accept each other's imperfections. And I think this is one of the one of the, the, the most helpful things that we could take away is that as we are dealing with one another in forgiveness, is that if we will forgive quickly, and, and especially remember this verse as we're operating in it, I love what 1 Peter 4, 8 says. He says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. And I think this is so critical when we're talking about forgiveness, because forgiveness allows me to appreciate the differences of the other and that even when they have hurt me that I can, I can say, you know what, I, I forgive, I'm walking in love, I'm, this is, I'm, we're committed to one another in this relationship and, and I'm able to, to let things go and not harbor that bitterness and, and it opens up better communication. It opens up just better, uh, even, even the intimacy begins to grow because we've, we've talked about it, we've owned it, we've been able to discuss it and we're able to do it quickly but that love that covers over a multitude of sins is the same love that I believe Paul writes about. As he writes in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Remember, it's patient. It's not going to dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And this is critical when we're walking in forgiveness because a lot of times, as we saw with some of the cartoons we looked at, we can keep a catalog of what that person has done for us. And we'll just kind of set it behind us till we, till we need it. 
till that argument arises. And you, do you remember when you said this? You did this. You didn't do that. You, you failed me here. You, said, you hurt me this time. I've got this long list. But that's not walking in love. That's walking in uh, selfishness and, and ready for an ambush, just waiting for you to, to fail me again, just waiting for you to not measure up, right? We have those expectations as we kind of kicked off. We talked about the difference of living from a well of desire versus expectations in our relationship. And if we live from expectations, man, then they're always in debt to us. They are always just trying to meet the bar. But if we live from desire, we're able to express unconditional love for one another. We're able to actually give and receive what Christ has wanted to do in and through us. And these minor, these minor differences, I love that we can forgive them quickly, accept the other's imperfections, and especially remember our own flaws. This is so important because a lot of times when we, when we want to hold something against the other, we forget that we've also hurt them too. It's so easy to do, right? We're in a relationship with a friend and, or maybe there's been a misunderstanding and we can't believe they've twisted our words. But how many times have we negatively interpreted what someone said to us? How many times have we negatively interpreted just body language and, and posture in, in, in the face, right? You know, they've got the resting Grinch face or whatever you want to call it. And, and you're like, man, I just know what they're thinking. And we begin immediately to let the, the thoughts just unravel in our mind. And we negatively interpret something that may or may not even be happening. I'm not sure if I was supposed to share that. My wife's looking at me weird. <laughs> but the second one, this is what's going to take a little bit more time. Because what Christ like love wants to do is that what he has shown to us, he also wants to do uh, in us and now through us. And he wants to help us do this, especially as we um, kind of begin to engage with some of the major deeper offenses and betrayals that we have experienced. And this is where I want us to, to really go ahead and make that decision because this is up to us. We have to own our part in the forgiveness process, and we have to decide that if we're going to cultivate compassion, or are we going to slide into a place of judgment and bitterness? Are we going to slide into criticism, or are we going to go ahead and decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be quick to forgive on those minor offenses and those deeper ones. I'm going to work towards it, even when it's difficult, even if the other party doesn't want to come and address it. This is what will help us have health in our relationships. And one of the things about a major offense, and this would be things like, uh, you know, someone uh, cheated on you, someone skipped you in, in line of that promotion, something that really hurts you deep, that you just can't brush it off and pretend like it didn't happen. You can't just say, all right, I forgive you. All right, we're good. It's not going to work. It's not even going to be healthy if you do that. And let's talk about that. Why would that be the case? Why do we need to go slowly? Because sometimes we want to forgive quick. I don't know about you, but one thing that will keep me up at night is a relationship that's not mended. If there's one thing that I'll lose some sleep over, that I'll stress out about, it's like, man, I've been misunderstood. I want to I make it right. I, I wish the person at the church had, had not twisted my words that way. What happened? That's not what I meant. And, and, and I want to make it right. And I want to clarify. And but sometimes that's the quick resolve isn't going to really fix a deep, major betrayal. We want to get back to normal, and we want to feel that way. But when there's been something that's deep, we need to work through this in a process. And, and, and it's not even good to say, you know what, I, I forgive you. I think a better language here would even be, I'm working on forgiving you. I'm working towards forgiveness. 
We need to be honest with ourselves in our language and with the other people that have hurt us. Because just to say, man, I forgive you, man, that was deep. I can say those words and then walk away and then feel the hurt as soon as I get back in my car and know that I'm still working towards it. I'm not there yet. It really cut me. And it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to go slow. And it's okay to even say, you know what? This is going to be difficult. I believe restoration is possible, but it's going to be hard. And it's what I want, but it's going to take some time. Would you be with me in the process and not just run? And and forgiveness is going to be a tricky dance depending on that offense. What's happened? Who did it happen with? What trust has been broken? What What was the hurt over? And I think this is something, though, that is well worth us taking the time to say, God, I want it. I want to walk in freedom. I don't want to walk in bitterness. And sometimes we're even going to need outside support. And I think that's, that's valuable. When it's something that is, that is bigger than what the two of you can reconcile on your own, I think it's, it's, a, it's wise to, to incorporate a third party. It's wise to see someone that can help you walk through that and navigate through the pathways of forgiveness. That's wisdom. I don't think that there is a crutch at all involved in going and seeking help. And I think our culture has kind of gotten that backwards, especially in Christianity for a little while. I think it's starting to swing, but it is wise to seek help, especially in situations that are, that are greater than what we can then really tackle on our own, especially in a messy relationship. And so I would really encourage you that if it seems like it's a major, uh, a major offense and, and you're going slow, but you, you realize, okay, this is a little bit bigger than what you and I can walk through together, incorporate someone else. If it's a coworker, if it's a pastor, if it's a third party, if it's a friend, whoever that might be that really trusts and values both of you, maybe someone who knows neither of you. Sometimes the stranger is the best asset at that point. They can really help us walk towards forgiveness. So how do we ask for forgiveness? And this is what I want us to look at for the next few minutes. You know, asking for forgiveness when we are the one who has done the wrong, it immediately shows that, hey, I'm accepting responsibility for what I've done. I'm doing my part. How many of you know no one else can do your part except you, right? That's that's probably the the most deep idea you're going to hear today. No one else can do your part except you. But we have to own our part, especially in asking and walking in forgiveness and taking responsibility for what has happened. And what this does, this confirms the pain for the, the one that's offended. And now they can release and walk through canceling that debt for themselves and for you. And sometimes it may need to be asked for more than once especially with some of those deeper, those, deeper, uh, those deeper hurts, those major offenses. And we want to look for ways that we can validate the feelings and the hurt of the one that we've offended. And this is hard. I have to admit, the taking responsibility part is probably one of the hardest things for me, especially in my marriage. For me to take responsibility for something that I'm not even sure how much of it I really did or if you should really be as hurt as I'm portraying your hurt. But as soon as I'll take responsibility for it and I'll really own it, then we begin to have good conversations about it. Then we're able to probably connect on a level that we've not in a long time because there's been reconciliation and trust has been regained and the bond between us is actually stronger sometimes it feels like than it was before. If we walk through it in humility, if I walk through it and own what I did is something wrong, maybe I wouldn't have gotten hurt with what I said to her, but she did. 
And maybe I grew up that hearing that kind of tone of voice was fine, but she didn't. And so I have to own that. I have to own the way that it came across and the way that it was received. I have to own that. And the hardest part for me is if I can just take that responsibility, then we can begin to move forward in that forgiveness process. But we've got to own that. And we've got to be able to, to do that more than once as we walk towards forgiveness. And so this, I'm not sure if I'm going to see step one. You may, there we go. The first step is to really just begin. And I mentioned this already. You don't need to necessarily just say, I forgive you, but say, I'm working towards it. Say, I'm working towards forgiveness. How many of you would say that, man, excuse me, just like losing weight, it's going to take some time, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I started the year really great on Whole30. Right now, I'm on a whole bunch of junk food right now. That's what I'm doing. And it's working well for me. It's all coming back. And so, you know, losing weight, I'm not going to say, man, I'm on a diet. I am, I am going to get fit. I'm going to, no, I'm going to wait till about 15 pounds later that have finally shed off of, of this nice physique. And, and I'm going to be able to tell you that, man, I am losing weight, right? I am forgiving you. Forgiveness is a process, Just like losing weight is a very long, grueling process for me. Especially when you live with someone who loves sweets. Thank you. This time of year is no help, right? Supposedly pumpkin pie counts for breakfast. And dessert and dinner. and It's a vegetable. I don't know. I might have had some last night for dinner. I'm not telling you. But forgiveness is a process. And instead of saying, man, I'm... I'm on this journey now and I've ended it. No, I'm, I'm on this journey and I'm still going to continue it. And so we want to we wanna just begin the journey. And the second one is so important. Let's fight bitterness. Let's talk back to those negative thoughts. I love what Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, take every thought captive. Don't let your thoughts leave you bound. And that's what happens. Our thoughts will take us captive when really we should be doing the reverse. We should be taking those thoughts captive and say, no, 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 no. You need to be obedient to Christ. You need to submit to what is going to bring life and health and healing in my life, not the other way around. No, 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 no thoughts. You're not going to allow my emotions to start spiraling out of control. No, I'm not going to allow that. We need to take those thoughts captive, take back those negative thoughts. And remind ourselves that, hey, our relationship is more than just this event. Our, our, our hurt that just happened, man, it doesn't give us the full picture of what it really has meant to us in our lives. This thing that happened, yes, it's deep, it's wounded us, but we need to see that this isn't the whole. This is just a, a small, small part. And that will help us re- be able to not only move forward, but to fight the bitterness. Another great thing that will really help us is that, to remind ourselves when we've needed forgiveness ourselves, to remind ourselves when we've needed forgiveness and to develop compassion for the one that we've offended. You know, I've heard of it like this. Someone once said that being hurt is like being bitten by a poisonous snake. Now, how many of you know the bite hurts, right? The bite still hurts, but that's not what's going to kill you, okay? The bite hurts and we get so focused, man, I can't believe they bit me. If you don't deal with that poison, you're going to die. Okay, it's headed in your bloodstream and it will attack your kids downstairs. <laughs> it, it, it will travel to your heart the same way that forgiveness. It hurts, right? When we get hurt, man, I can't believe they did that to me. I trusted them. I made myself vulnerable. 
and here they've hurt me. But if you don't deal with that poison, it will enter your bloodstream. It will travel to your heart. It will end up in a life full of bitterness if you don't deal with more than just the bite, but the poison that's entered your system through that, through that offense. Amen. Is this helping anybody? It's helping me a little bit. It's helping my wife a lot. <laughs> and the third one, we're going we're gonna to land this soon, is grieving. She's still grieving. We've got to work through some painful feelings, and it's okay. Give yourselves space and time to do that. I think a lot of times we think, man, we need to forgive, forget, and keep on moving. That's not reality. That's just not real. Sometimes when there's been a major offense, we're working towards forgiving, and we're going to wake up the next day, and we're going to be reminded of what happened because it really hurt, and we're going to work towards forgiving we're going to wake up the next day and we're going to choose to do it each day. And it's still going to hurt at times, but we're not going to give it up because we know that there are benefits for us to walk in forgiveness. We don't want the poison to enter our heart. We don't want a hardened heart at the end of this journey. It's not worth it. That person that hurt us isn't worth our future. They're not worth your presence. And so many of us are giving them things that they don't deserve. The Lord wants that back. And so I'm going to work towards putting the issue in my past. I'm going to commit to not try to get even. I'm even going to try to not give in to a, a, a mindset of, you've got one down on me. I'm, I've got one up on you. That's not healthy for our relationships. I'm going to resist bringing things up in the heat of the moment of an argument later on. I'm going to grieve, but I'm not going to abandon love. And so let's move forward. Let's add to this final step here of moving forward. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. That's forgiveness. It's, man, I'm, I'm, I'm working on forgiving. I can't believe they just, they did that again. Or they, they were associating with that person. They know what that person means to me. I can't believe they actually gave that person the opportunity that they just told me I couldn't have. Or I can't believe they trusted that person when they wouldn't show me the same courtesy. Whatever it may be, you'll see things happen that will allow you to go back to hold on to that unforgiveness but we've got to move forward. And sometimes it's that two steps forward and one step back. And it's okay to look back from time to time, but don't stare. What do I mean? If you get stuck looking back, man, you're going to trip over something. You're going to fall off a cliff, but you, you can say, okay, yep, I remember that, but I'm moving on. I'm still in this process of forgiving. I'm not going to get stuck in my past. And let me tell you a couple things that really helped me to know if I'm walking in forgiveness or not. Because what God, what Christ has done for us, He wants to do in us and He wants to offer through us. And there are a couple of things I, I wrote down that help me recognize if I'm not walking in forgiveness. One of the first things is when I have sudden outbursts of anger. You're like, what? Not Michael, surely not. And usually if, if I'm walking in like some, some pent up anger, it usually has to do with my own uh, unforgiveness of, of self. I've not forgiven myself of something. I'm carrying around some shame. I'm carrying around um, some things that I, I feel like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Maybe even nobody knows about it. But then I'm, I'm pent up with this. And you know when it comes out? When there's something I can't control. Something with my kids, something at the house, something with the, you know, the car starts to fall apart. And then anger comes, you're like, it's just the transmission slipping. Nobody's dead, but you're acting like they need to be. And, and that's, the, the toys are out of place, and that can't be why you're this angry. But usually it has something to do with self-unforgiveness. That's usually where most of my anger comes from. I don't know about you, but this is helping me. 
And so I can recognize, you know what, if I've got these sudden outbursts of anger, what am I not dealing with? What am I not dealing with inside of me? What have I not given to the Lord? Prone to being petty or impulsive. Boy, we've, we've, um, I've seen some of this even travel through the church. I'm sure you have. Boy, they're looking for every little thing. They didn't invite me to the women's group. I'm not in the Facebook group now. What's going on? Did they ask me about changing that in the foyer? Mm-mm, they sure didn't. And so we'll get petty about all these little things that really... I, because it was mostly ladies that were complaining. That's why. <laughs> I asked for forgiveness for that comment. <laughs> I will own that I shouldn't have said that. Don't, please don't talk to me while I'm preaching. It distracts me. <laughs> and so, before we derail and need to pray and just dismiss. <laughs> Where was I going? I don't even remember. I don't know. Prone to being petty. I guess I was being petty. But you know, there's so many small things that we can get really hung up over that will keep us from ever connecting and moving forward. If we're going to be a church that is going to encounter Jesus and be real with each other, then we've got to get over ourselves. We got to get over ourselves. I, I remember a book that uh, when I was in Bible college, um, it, it would come out when I was a teen and I bought it and I finally read it. It was called, For Christ's Sakes, Grow Up, right? And that's what Peter writes. Um, Man, you, you need to crave the pure spiritual milk of the word. Why aren't you growing up? Sometimes I feel like saying that to ourselves here in the church. Come on, just get over yourselves. It's really not worth that kind of upset. It's really not worth that kind of being disconnected. And then the enemy wins. You end up isolated. I end up isolated. We end up not connecting. We never work through anything to mature and grow because we're still hung up on being petty. Because honestly, if we look back, there's probably something that we've not dealt with. There's probably something, an irreparable relationship in our family right now. And so we need to pick on every little thing because we can't fix that right now. That's usually what's going on. There's something in our past of someone that, that hurt us, and maybe they've already passed away, and we can't ever go back and make that right again. And we're going to just carry this with us. Here we are with that ball and chain, dragging it, and just picking everything off because we're so mad that we can't release and move past that, or can we? Sometimes another way that I recognize that I've not walked in forgiveness is I am desperate for others to know how I feel. They need to know exactly what I think about every little thing. And they need to know that that, mm -mm, it's not going to happen on my dime, not on my watch. And so we're probably walking in some unforgiveness when when that's the case. We need to look and evaluate. What about when we can't take responsibility for how we feel? Well, that's just what they said. And you know, they say that one more time. I'm mm, mm, I'm probably not going to hold back. I'm going to let them know how I feel. I'm going to, and oh, and, and we can't take responsibility for that because it's always their fault. The way I feel is because they did this to me. Play that victim card again. It will keep us in unforgiveness and bitterness. What about keeping that list of offenses? We talked about that. Boy, what about even some self-hate? We really hate where we're at right now. We really hate the way that we're stuck or feeling. We can't get past that because we've not dealt with some unforgiveness in our past. Or we keep replaying what happened over and over and over because we've not let it go, because we've not walked in forgiveness. Or you start gossiping about the person that heard it. Well, did you hear about Meshach? Did you hear? He's never done anything wrong to anyone, so I'll use him as an example. <laughs> did you hear what he said? Mm, he didn't show up on time at the chili cook-off. He was working. 
whatever that means, you know, whatever it may be, we begin to talk about that person as if we have the right to because we've not released them. We've not been able to pray for them. We can't believe God for blessings in that person's life who's hurt us. And so we've got to make it miserable for everyone else to know how bad they are when really it's just a poison that we've not dealt with in our own lives that is spewing over. And so this is one of the big ones for me that I think in 2019 is eating people alive. And we continue to dwell on the attention we receive from being the victim of someone else hurting us. I'm not going to forgive them because then I have to give up the megaphone that I have right now for all my bitterness. Mm -mm -mm. And we have developed a culture in 2019 that the victim has the microphone. And this is why things can be can, uh, can give you a voice and not even be true. We see this in the media that we'll give a voice to someone in Chicago who's in the limelight as an actor and then the case isn't even valid. But you know why he was able to say that? Because we've given the victim the microphone. We say, this is how you get attention. You play the victim card. And I'm not saying there's aren't, there aren't some injustice uh, issues that need to be addressed. Don't hear me wrong here but it is not going to ever help you grow and find health and healing in your relationships and in your own heart by continuing to be the victim. God has never destined that for us. We are to be the victors in Christ, not the victims. Amen? Bruce, would you mind coming up for a minute? This means I might be ending. God has called us to so much more than this. He has called us to walk in victory with him, to walk in forgiveness and grace with him. And he wants us to experience that complete freedom, not allowing a person, a lie of the enemy or anything in between to rob us of his fullness in our lives, to rob us. So what God has done for us, he wants to do in us and through us. And he has called us to be his ambassadors of reconciliation. As he plays, I just want to read these verses to you and over you. This is God's destiny for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And this is what we talked about when we talked about how he makes all things new for our baptism Sunday a few months ago. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. And all that is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. So this forgiveness and reconciliation has initiated from God and it's all for him. Do you see that? He says that all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. He's initiated this because he wants it. He wants to be reconciled with you. He wants health and healing for your heart, not for you to stew in bitterness, not for you to be hung up on something that you can't go back and change, but that if you won't release, will keep you from being fully reconciled with him. And now he wants to do it in you but also through you, giving us the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul says it again in the very next verse, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, 
we implore you, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So what God's wanting to do in you, He doesn't want it to just stop there. He wants to do it through you. Because as your story of healing begins to shine through, what is it that uh, we talked about in our, our, I think our prayer meeting this last uh, week or so, was that it is our good works that they will see and glorify our Father in heaven. It's not our good works that they will see and say, oh, they think they're better than me. No, it's that they will see the Lord. They will see what he has done in us and through us. And they will want to point to him and say, that God must be good. He must be full of grace. He must be full of mercy. If he'll do that in that person's life, man, will he do it for me? God, what he is doing in you, he wants to do through you. He wants you to put on display just your life. And I hope that you'll find that here at Emmanuel, we're not about the mask. We're about pulling it off, being real with a real God, and then real with one another. Because then we can come together, we can be connected, and we can grow. We can grow. But we've got to deal with some things in our heart before we can move forward. And now let's go share it with the world. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for the folks that are here today, God. I don't know who all these words were for. I'm sure it was for many of us in different ways. But, but Lord, I know you, you desire freedom for us. It is for freedom that you have set us free. And in order for us to do that, we must walk in forgiveness. This must be a part of our daily lives, our daily relationships, both vertically with you, God, as well as horizontally with folks we're living with on earth. Today, Lord, I just want to pray for folks. If, if you're in this house with nobody looking around and you would say, Michael, I need a fresh start with God. I need forgiveness with him. I just need to come back and make things right with him today. If that's where you're at, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you today. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you that you renew all things. And I pray for the folks that just raise their hands, Lord, that you would begin to allow them to move forward in the newness of life that you have for them. Let today be a blank canvas. And may they wake up and know that tomorrow your mercies are new every morning. God, would you be on their mind as they go to bed tonight and be on their mind as they wake up tomorrow morning and fill up their day. God, I pray for just a new overflowing baptism of your love in their lives. God, let them be ravished with desire for you. And if you're in here and you would say, Michael, there are people that I know that are holding me back because I've not forgiven them. And I'm giving them more than they warrant. I'm giving them my present and I'm giving them my future. They are robbing me because of this unforgiveness. If that's where you're at and you know there's relationships right now that you are still in that process of, or maybe you've not even started down that journey, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray with you this week. Yeah, no, yes, yes. My hand raised too. God, I just thank you that you have given us the model of forgiveness, that you would even sacrifice and, and, and lay down the life of your own son so that we could have a reconciliation. Lord, would you help us see that forgiveness is not weakness. It is not saying they can do it again to me, but Lord, it is releasing. It is saying that debt that they owe me, they don't owe me anymore. I'm not gonna let that be my weight to hold me back. And so, Lord, today we just begin this journey. We continue this journey of forgiveness into your freedom. We thank you, Lord, that you love us that much, that you will continue to forgive us. Help us to walk in that with others as you have forgiven us, God. We sure do love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Amen and amen.